I squared away here. I'm going to record this. I received permission to record this for my own podcast. Praise the, praise the Lord. Got some notes and stuff. Anyway, um, well, uh, why don't we just do a quick prayer? Father God, we just come before you right now and we glorify you. Father, we just we just pray, Lord. We just come before you right now and we pray that by your spirit, that you would guide every word that we say, everything that we think, that you would help us to hear from the Holy Spirit, even while the word's being preached, that you would quicken to us what you would want us to know, the guidance you have for our lives as we start this new year. We just glorify you for the Holy Spirit, Lord God. We just invite you in. We invite you to take complete control. None of me and all of you, Father God, think through my mind, speak speak through my lips, Lord God. We just surrender, Lord. We press in. We press in, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, um, we are here today at Covenant Christian Center of Tampa. This is my uh, father, Kevin Howell, and stepmother, Gail Howell's church. Praise the Lord. And we are, uh, you know, they might be my father and stepmother, but they are so much more. I'll try to remember to look into the camera a little bit. But they are so much more, so much more just just are. I mean, what could we even say, right? You know, they are our uh, pastors, they are our friends, they are our ministers, they are just a, just a tremendous influence in our lives. And uh, we are so thankful, and I am so thankful and blessed to be here sharing today. And, uh, and I'll just start, you know, I was watching Pastor Kevin last night on Facebook, and, uh, and I tell you, I, I came away thinking, man, he's interested in all the same stuff I'm interested in. You know, this is, these are a lot of the verses I've been thinking about, you know, and especially on faith. And I, and I wanted to just share a testimony because, because so Dad was saying, first of all, let me just mention a couple of things. Dad said, you know, uh, he was talking about letting God deal with your heart. And really allowing God to, to touch your heart issues and guide your heart issues. And I just, you know, my, my line is that when God speaks to me, it's about 5% direction and 95% correction. And, you know, it's constant course corrections. It's constant talking about my heart, constant talking about my character, trying to help me mature that we would come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, truly in our hearts. You know, and, and I remember, I'm reminded of a time... This is years ago, and I was, I was in a checkout line in a grocery store, and the person in front of me had some sort of personal problem, you know, and they're taking forever, and I'm tempted to be annoyed, you're tempted to be frustrated, you're tempted to make a comment, and, and I realized, though, that my natural reaction was now patience and empathy for whatever personal problem this lady was having. I think she was $5 short or something like that. You know, and I, I didn't feel frustration. I didn't feel anger. I felt love and compassion. And it, and it really hit me because I realized this is something has happened to me here. This is the influence of spending time in the presence of the Lord. And my, my heart, I'm really being conformed on that heart level. And, and, and so, you know, Dad talking about that other night, that the other night. I mean, that is just just so crucial that that at, in our hearts that we would be conformed to the image of Christ. And there's so many things we want to do for God, you know, and we want to preach and we want to lay hands and we want to see people prospered. But God's so interested in in the quality, the condition of our hearts, you know. And really, it's because He wants the best for us anyway, and He knows that when our heart is, becomes like His, that's just. That's just the best, you know, when we have a loving heart, a patient heart, all the fruits of the Spirit, it just has such a wonderful impact on our own lives. And I'm just so thankful that I've, that I've learned that over the years. I want to reiterate one thing that Pastor Kevin said from Mark 11. He was talking about when Jesus gives us the great statements on faith in Mark 11, and then he mentions, you know, but if you have anything odd against anybody, you, you must forgive. And what Pastor Kevin said is that Forgiveness is a critical element of spiritual law. Forgiveness is a critical element of the faith process. And I've never heard anybody say it quite like that for me. But really, what's up, brother? Uh, 
you know, really, I, I thought that was a wonderful, wonderful point. Definitely something that I'm going to integrate. You know, obviously, we, we all know that forgiveness is extremely important, right? Anybody of any spiritual maturity understands that. But just the way that he brought that forgiveness element into the faith discussion, because look, it's easy to think about faith all the time, especially if you're believing God for things on a regular basis, right? We're, you know, we have our confession, we're waking up, we're believing for this, we're believing for that. But it's not always as easy to think about the condition of your heart, to think about where you're seeing strife, to think about where you're seeing unforgiveness. And as Pastor Kevin uh, was illustrating that point, I really felt the Holy Spirit say, "Yeah, yeah, buddy, you've been, you've been, you know, I'm speaking to you as well. You know, you gotta think about that a little bit." We had a very busy month, uh, work-wise. You know, I'm a real estate lawyer. We had all kinds of deals closing the end of the month, and. Uh, and I get very annoyed very quick. I'm dealing with lawyers around the country. They're very annoying people. God, God bless them. It's just the way it is. You know, that's just who they are. You know, and they, and they probably feel the exact same way about me. You know, and uh, but you know, it's very tough not to get into strife. It's tough not to get into unforgiveness. And it's like you have to be vigilant about those things. And the Lord really said, "Look, you're you're believing for all this stuff for 2022. You know, that's for you as well." But anyway, one, another thing Pastor Kevin talked about, and I really thought that, that I had a, a testimony that could, that could add to what he was talking about and really illustrate that, is he was talking about the faith process, and he was talking about believing and speaking, your believer and your speaker, and how essential those are to the faith process. And so I just wanted to, to illustrate exactly what he was talking about in a, in, a, in a testimony. So on Thanksgiving Day, we were going over to my mother-in-law's house, and um, I'm carrying out the cooler uh, out, out from the house, you know, and the cooler weighs 100 pounds. And, I'm, you know, I'm probably annoyed, we, you know, all sorts of things going on. And I step off the curb of my house and, and I roll my ankle and I, I can feel it pop. I mean, I mean, it's extreme pain instantly. And, um, and so it's all I can do to not drop the cooler and just crumple into the street. And I, you know, I managed to get the cooler into the truck and then I just, you know, I don't say anything because I'm not, you know, I don't want to start cursing anything. I don't want to say I'm tempted. I'm tempted to say everything everybody else would say. You know, all the natural thoughts were there. But so I just, I put my hand on the tree and my kids are like, Dad, what's going on? I'm like, you know, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. You know, I command my ankle to be healed. But anyway, so I didn't really feel anything. But, you know, an ankle injury, you know, over time it'll swell up and it'll get worse and worse. So I didn't really feel anything. Go about the morning. By the time the meal's over, I can't walk. I mean, literally cannot, cannot walk. And uh, I mean, just the, most, the worst pain I've ever felt in my ankle. Uh, I just had to sit down. And then my mother and stepfather were there. They're like, the meal was over. And they're like, we're leaving. I'm like, you know what? I got to get out of here. I'm just going to ride. I'm going to ride with you guys. So when I got back to my house, I mean, I couldn't even carry. I had a bag of stuff. I couldn't even carry the bag. I mean, I was just in so much pain. My stepfather had to get out of the car and carry the bag for me to get into the house. So I'm... I go in and I'm sitting in bed and I'm propping my leg up, you know, and I'm just kind of doing the natural things. And I'm thinking about the fact that I had to go to New Jersey for kind of a work event the next week. And I think, man, I may have seriously injured myself here. I mean, it just happened, right? And I've got to go to New Jersey next week. Am I going to just let this injury happen or am I going to do what I know that I need to do? And I'm like, you know, unfortunately, you know, sometimes there's, when there's urgency, you're, you know, you're, it's urgent. You need to get on their faith right there. So I say, all right, you know, I know, I know what to do. We have a revelation of healing in our house and I know what to do. And in Jesus name, be healed. And then if you've listened to Pastor Kevin for any length of time, he has this phrase, you got to act like the healed dog acts. So so let's just talk about that. The healing power of God has been totally and completely released to the church. That's that's the way it is. The 100% any injury, any sickness, any illness, any affliction of any kind, the healing power of God has been totally released to the body of Christ. So whether it's casting out a disease, casting out a spirit, or just the simple, like in my case, the simple restoration of an injury, that power is totally resident within us. So ankle, be healed in Jesus' name. So that's my, that's my release of my faith. Right? I'm, I've done what the Word says to do, and I've released my faith. But now I must believe. And I must believe that what I've said will come to pass. And in fact, that it's already done. So I get up, I get up and I start uh, just working around the house. Just doing any chore that needs to be done. And, and as I'm 
standing in faith that it's healed. I mean, it's a five alarm fire in my ankle. Every step, you know, every step's brutal. And so, but 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 now, but I believe that it's done. I believe because I walk by faith. Now I'm literally walking by faith, not by sight. And as I'm engaging my believer, I'm speaking my confession. By Jesus stripes, I was healed. I was healed. I was healed. My ankle was healed. My ankle was healed. I was healed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. By Jesus stripes, I was healed. Over and over. It's easier when there's nobody in the house, you know. So, so I'm, I take the garbage out and I, um, you know, I clean the kitchen. Those are the first two things I did. The next chore was the hamster cage. Had to go back upstairs. And so I'm thinking, oh man, you know, up the stairs, this is this is going to be terrible. And it, but I'm by Jesus Christ, I was healed. I was healed. I've got that hamster cage. I was healed. I was healed. And the first thing that I recognized as I got to the staircase wasn't that the pain went away, but now I can feel the belief. I can feel the belief start to take hold in my heart. Like it, I believe this. I know that I'm healed. I can't feel it, but I'm healed. I've got it right. So you, you talk about that, you know, it's, you get a hold of something by faith. So now I'm still feeling nothing, and, but I've got, a, I've got it by faith, right? So I've got my belief in, in where it needs to be, and I've got my confession where, I needs, where it needs to be, and I've got my belief and my confession in line, all right? So, so, you know, so then, you know what? I go and I take that first step on that step, and it's horrible. It is, I mean, it is so painful. And every step, you know, there's 20 steps. I got to go up and I forgot something. I got to go up and back. And then, you know, another hour chores around the house. And then the kids get home, right? Well, I believe that I'm healed. So I'm going to put them to bed. I'm going to read to them. I'm going to help them get bathed. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. No manifestation. Zero percent manifestation at this point. Amen. But I know I'm healed. I know I've got it. So I go to bed and I wake up about three in the morning. And I can feel it. something. Something has happened in my ankle. I'm I'm feeling pretty good now. Now it still it still hurts, but you know there's clearly a manifestation starting to come in. Amen. And then I wake up, and well, what would you do the day after Thanksgiving if you were healed? You would put up this is my house. You would put up the Christmas decorations. Now there's nothing about that that I want to do. I don't want to do it for my ankle. I don't want to do it. Period. I don't like Christmas decorations. <laughs> But anyway, but we've got, just like most people, we've got an attic full of them, okay? So that's what you do. So, all right, and I tell my, I tell Shannon, look, I got this. I can do this. You know, I mean, and you know what? That involves the ladder. That involves the lights. That involves all that stuff. But in Jesus' name, I can do this. So I get out and I start doing it. And by the end of the day, I'm probably 70% manifested. You know, I got all those things up. So then I wake up the next day. And then, you know what? If I was healed... I'm going to run because that's what I do. And my, my normal run is four miles. So in Jesus' name, I, I got this. And I went, ran four miles. And by the end of the run, I was 100% manifested. Never, never came back. Not in a, you know, at, the, at my mother-in-law's house, there's some, you know, they're great people. You know, you got to go to the doctor. That's not going to go away. You probably tore something, you know. And I'm just, oh, Jesus, I curse that. You know, and Jesus, you don't want to say that like to them, right, to their face or anything. But that's what you're thinking, right? I, I'm not going to receive that. You know, I'm not receiving that word by Jesus Christ. I was healed. But anyway, so but you believe, you release your faith. You do what the Bible says to do to release your faith, to release the power of God over a particular situation. If it's healing, you cast that thing out. You release the power of God into that situation for restoration, and then you believe that it's done. And what does it look like when you believe that it's done? Well, you would act like the healed dog acts. You would. Act in line with your faith. And then look, hey, I wish that the first step I took, I had received full manifestation, but I'm not that does, my manifestation is not the guiding light of my reality. Amen. The word of God Amen. is the guiding light of my reality, and I'm Amen. going to live in line with the word of God, and then what is in the natural realm is then going to conform to where my faith is, conform to the word of God. So that, that's really my ankle testimony. And that's just an example of you have something in the natural realm that doesn't line up with what you want. It doesn't line up with God's will for your life. So how are we going to get the supernatural to activate in this situation? How are we going to get God's will to be activated and to become my reality in the natural realm? And it's through the operation of faith. So, but Pastor Kevin said, you know, fundamentally what we're talking about in this conference is 
you know, the supernatural and walking in the supernatural and seeing the supernatural in our daily life. So I just I put some points together that I thought I would talk about that as well a little bit. And, you know, what I've personally come to, and I know Pastor Kevin and Pastor Gill would agree, is that is that every area of my life should be defined by the supernatural. That that fundamentally my spiritual reality should be the guiding light of my existence. So I want to. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of verses here, and to get started on how I think a person can get there. No matter where a person is, uh, you know, from just barely saved to long-term Christian, but if they look in their lives and they say, you know what, and, and this is just true for most people, right? This is true for the vast majority of Christians, right? I have. I'm a Christian, I'm born again, I love God, maybe I go to church, maybe I read the Bible occasionally, maybe I even volunteer, but I just have all these other areas of my life, right? You know, I'm, I watch the ball game. There's nothing wrong with any of these things. I'm just saying we have hobbies, we have jobs, we have family situations, we have all sorts of different areas of our lives, but what we need to do is have our relationship with God and our spiritual reality pervade every aspect of our lives. And the reason we want that is because we want God's perfect will in every aspect of our lives. So that when we look around, I see the influence of the kingdom of God in every area of my life. So that's really what we want. You don't want any part of your life apart from your life in God, apart from your relationship with God, because he's going to bring every area of your life to its highest and best potential where you're blessed, you're living at your best, you're fulfilled, but you're also impacting the world around you exactly how God wants you to. So every area of your life should be marked by your relationship with God and the kingdom of God. So no matter where you are, how do you get there? That's kind of what I was thinking about along this for this message. So I, so Romans 12, 2, and none of these verses, obviously none of these verses are new. These are verses you've heard all, all heard before, but I believe, you know, by looking at them in a particular way, we can certainly glean something here. So do not, this is Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect, uh, and pleasing will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So just one note on that. In the Greek, the word renew is the exact same word as renovate. So that's what we're doing. We are renovating our mind. And it's no different than when you renovate a kitchen. You are going to tear out the old and install the new. So I'm going to tear out my old way of thinking and I'm going to install the new way of thinking. This is essential to living in God's will for your life is a renovated mind. Romans 8, 5 through 6. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So now I'm going to give you the definition of a renovated mind. It is renovation from carnally minded to spiritually minded. Every single human before they become a Christian is carnally minded. And many, many Christians are still carnally minded. But what we must do is renovate our minds from carnally minded to spiritually minded. So how are we going to do that? Because that is the key. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Now, now obviously, there's a variety of things we could say about the renovation from carnally minded to spiritually minded. We're just going to touch on a few things quickly. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So, look, it's not complicated. That's not really an unclear verse. That doesn't need, uh, you know, a long commentary read. You don't really need to get into the Greek on that. You set your mind on things above. What are you thinking about right now? What are you thinking about when you drive to work? What are you thinking about when you're jogging? When you're, you know, when you have these times where your brain is not focused specifically on something in front of you, right? Where does your mind go? What are you choosing to think about? The Bible says you must set your mind on heavenly things. 
That is what you do. That is how it works. And if you, the, one of the key ways that you're, you train your mind is by controlling your input. If you watch the same shows as everybody else, if you have the same hobbies as everybody else, if you listen to the same podcasts as everybody else, then you are going to think like everybody else. If you train your mind to think on spiritual things, if you listen to spiritual podcasts, you listen to the Word of God, you listen to Christian music, and this is what happened to me. I mean, this is very simple. When, when my friends, you know, I went off to law school, came back, what happened to you, right? Well, yes, I had had an encounter with God, but I had changed my input. Now I'm going to church twice a week. Now I'm listening to sermons. Yes. Now I, I literally took a, my whole secular music collection and tossed it. I actually gave it to my brother-in-law. You know, God bless him, good guy, you know. He probably threw it away too. But I changed my listen, what I listened to. I changed the music. So I changed my input, and I changed the way I thought. But but even today, where I listen to virtually no secular music, and, you know, I have a, a relatively strict standard on my input, you know? I mean, I watch some of the shows that are out there, but a lot of times, I've, you know, I've never seen Breaking Bad, never seen Game of Thrones, never seen a, a variety of these very carnal shows that people love. So my I changed my input to change the way I think because... I want to set my mind on things above. I need to focus my mind on the things of God because I must be spiritually minded. I mu- that is a requirement. I must be spiritually minded. Matthew 6, 31 through 34. Very popular verse, famous verse. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things therefore and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, that's tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So what are we, we're gonna learn a few things here, right? Because we're learning we're learning about how to renovate our minds from carnally minded to spiritually minded. And the first thing we learned is we are going to set our minds on things above, right? That is the first step is what I'm thinking about right now. Is this a godly thing or is this a carnal thing? Is this an earthly thing? Is this a spiritual thing? What what am I thinking about right now? And how does this line up? But Jesus also tells us, you know, you don't need to sit there worrying about what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Right? What he's really talking about is my monetary needs of daily life. Right? My daily monetary needs. You don't need to think about those things. That's not your job. God did not put you on earth to be constantly thinking about your daily needs. Why? Because God knows what you need and God is organizing all of reality. To provide it for you. I mean, we were kind of talking about this before the sermon started, about how God supernaturally provided everything I needed for my kids. See, I knew that I would need many, many things for my children that in the natural I couldn't see how to, how to come up with, how to provide, how to pay for it, right? But that would absolutely fall on this list. God said, look, you don't need to worry about all that stuff. You don't need to worry about all these financial needs you don't have. Every, because I know that you need them. I know you need ki- uh, clothes for that kid. I know you need money for the doctor bills. I know you need all of these different things. And I am going to provide for them. So as I think about what I need to think about. And see, this is fascinating, really. Because, because many people would say, okay. I hear you, Byron. I'm hearing you, and I'm not disagreeing, but I've got a job, and I've got kids, and I've got blah, 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 and I need to be thinking about those things. And yes, you're absolutely right. Yes, I have a job. I've got to think about my job sometimes, but there's a big difference between thinking about the task at hand and worrying about monetary needs. Right? There's a, that's two different types of thinking. I have an engaged, active thinking on my on my on my uh, action in this moment, but then I have this worry or this, this overarching thought about things that aren't immediately in front of me. The doctor bill next year, the tuition when the kid's 12 years old, that's years from now, and you're starting worrying about tuition. I mean, people do this. This is very common, you know? And, and I'm going to buy the house in that neighborhood because of the school. No, I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but that's a different type of thought process 
that we do not need to engage in because Jesus and because God is thinking about all that stuff for us. And notice all the same thing. Don't uh, take no thought for tomorrow. You don't need to worry about tomorrow. You don't need to worry about, you know, what am I going to, you know, how am I going to come up with money for next month's rent check and all of this stuff. That's, that's not your job. Your job is to set your mind on things above. Your job is to become spiritually minded. And so what do we think about? So, so okay, you say, all right, all right, I'm going to start setting my mind on things above. Well, some of the answers are obvious, right? Putting your mind on the word of God, right? Studying the word, meditating the word, setting your mind on spiritual music, right? Worshiping. Right? These things are going to quickly transition your mind to setting your mind on things above and be spiritually minded. So those are really easy things. But he says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, maybe maybe righteousness is even a little easier to understand than the kingdom. I think righteousness. OK, God, what do you have for my life? What do you have for my character? What do you have for my heart? What do you want me? How do you want me to mature and develop? Right. Make me like you. That could be seeking his righteousness. But when we seek the kingdom, see, that's really where it starts to get fascinating because we're thinking as the king. I mean, I define the kingdom of God as fundamentally the realm of God's rule, that the realm of existence, which is spiritual and natural, where God's dominion is truly in effect. And so God has a, a realm of dominion and we want to participate in that. We want it to be in us. right? We want God to have complete and total dominion within us. But we also want to participate in everything God is doing in all of reality. Right? What is God doing in my neighborhood? What is God doing in my church? What is God doing in my city? And what is my part to play in those things? Right? This is my taking my place in the kingdom of God. So as I'm thinking... Because remember, it's all about what we're thinking about. All right. So now I have some time to think to myself. I'm not going to worry about next month's bills. I'm not going to worry about what's going on tomorrow. I'm not going to think about carnal things. I'm not going to think about the wrong shows, the wrong music, what my neighbors are doing down the street, because I know God doesn't want me to think about that. But I'm going to start thinking about the kingdom. And you see, now I'm looking. Okay, God, what are you doing in the world around me? What are you trying to do? What is your kingdom doing? And what's my place in all this? So this is really an overview of how we should be thinking. Because if I can get my thinking right, I am going to transition from carnally minded to spiritually minded. And as I become more and more spiritually minded, I am going to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will for my life. If I get to be spiritually minded, I'm going to see God's will start showing up in every area of my life. And I'll be honest, when I look at my wife, I see God's will. When I look at my children, I see God's will. When I look at my house, my job, my business, my animals, you know, every single thing, I'm seeing God's will because I've become spiritually minded. And that's how you start seeing God's will show up in your life. So. Just one thing before we move on. Nobody else will do this for you. There's, there's nobody. There's, this is a personal decision that everybody has to make. That You, you know what? I, okay, I heard that show's great. I heard that podcast is great. I heard that new CD is great. No, not anymore. That's not me now. That's not the direction my life is going anymore. Amen. So... But let's continue with these themes because it just gets better and better, as you guys well know. Now, this is 1 Corinthians 2. We're going to read a few verses out of 1 Corinthians 2. I personally think 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is one of the most underappreciated chapters in all of the Bible. I think 1 Corinthians 2 should be talked about constantly. So 1 Corinthians 2, we're first going to read 14 through 15. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. So as we 
transition from being carnally minded to spiritually minded. We are fundamentally transitioning from being carnal people to spiritual people. That's really where we want to get to as a spiritual person. And a spiritual person is a person who is uh, has a is spiritually minded, and they're in real uh, in tune with the spirit of God. They're spiritually minded, but they're also walking in fellowship with the Spirit of God. Then we have all these other phrases. We're led of the Spirit. We're walking in the Spirit. All of those phrases. That's a spiritual person. But so, why is this important? Because if you're carnal or natural, you cannot receive what the Spirit of God is trying to do in your life. This is just the reality. This is just the way it is. You know, now I look back at when I was carnal, and when I was a young Christian, and absolutely, especially when I was a young Christian, there was carnality still in my life, things of the world still in my life. It's a process. It's a growth process. It's a maturity process. But And so in God's grace and His mercy, He will start giving you little things, right? Where Where's your maturity level at? Okay, you can clean the bathroom at the church, for example. You can be an usher. You can do this. You can do that. Here are opportunities based on your maturity level and your spirituality level, even though it's low, even though you're new, but God's inviting you in, right? God's trying to bring you in, help you grow. And as you grow, then it becomes more and more. Now you have opportunities to witness. Now you have opportunities to lay hands on the sick. Maybe you have an opportunity to teach the word. You grow and you grow and you grow. But so if you are carnal or natural, You do not grow up, you do not mature, and you cannot receive what the Spirit of God is trying to do in your life. And I I remember 10, probably 10 years ago, when I first clued in on this verse and just thinking, oh my gosh, this is just the way it is. If I want what the Spirit of God wants for my life, I've got to become spiritual. I've got to become spiritually minded. There's not a variety of different ways to get there. This is how it's done. 1 Corinthians 2, 9-12. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Let's just take a moment with that. All right, What no eye has seen. You don't look around with your natural eyes and see the plan of God for your life. What no ear has heard. You're not going to listen. You're not going to hear God's plan for your life on a podcast, on a television show. Fundamentally, you're also not going to receive the majority of God's plan for your life sitting in church. It doesn't come that way. That's not the plan. Yes, a prophetic word here and there. Sure, but that's not the guiding light of your life. And what no human mind has conceived. You're not just going to sit there and think it up, right? And a lot of people do that. We just sit around. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to make a list of what I like, what I don't like. I'm going to think. I'm going to think about different plans, different options, and I'm going to come up with what I should do with my life. It doesn't work that way either. You cannot receive God's plan for your life, what God has for your life, through natural means. It says. Uh, when no eye has seen, when no ear has heard, when no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love Him, these are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. What God has prepared for you, the primary communication method that God wants to use to bring those into your life, He wants to reveal them to you by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things. Even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, knows no one. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Now, the Holy Spirit has different ministries in the world. But one of the primary ministries of the Spirit of God is to reveal... Everything God has prepared for you and everything God wants for your life. Everything God has freely given you. God has prepared numerous things for you, including in this, included in this, that word prepared in the Greek when the Bible says, um, for we are created, uh, we are God's masterpiece created unto good works. 
It, it's as, it's as he prepared beforehand, right? It's the same word. So everything God wants you to have and everything God wants you to do, this is how God is going to communicate to you. The Spirit of God. This is extremely, extremely important for people that really want to know God's will for their life. If you want to know God's will for your life, you must develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit and get it from the Holy Spirit. You can get a piece here, a piece there, a prophetic word here, a good idea there. But the sustained, every aspect of your life, plan of God, there's no alternative. It is a constant fellowship with the Spirit of God. That is the only way it's going to come. And so everything God wants you to have, everything God wants you to do, the Spirit of God wants to reveal all of that to you. And He'll do, he'll do different things. You know, join up with this ministry. Go to this place. Listen to this teacher. Read this book of the Bible. Read this verse. Read this passage. He has a variety of ways to get you the message. But he it's fundamentally Him that's going to communicate God's will to, for your life to you. So, you know, just to briefly recap, we're going from carnally minded to spiritually minded. And the reason we're doing that is so I can develop my relationship with the Holy Spirit so that I am constantly tuned in to His frequency so that I can know everything God wants me to have and everything God wants me to do. I'll tell you a quick story. I was jogging. I was jogging down the street. And it's, uh, I typically jog in the middle of the day because everybody I work with, they're off at lunch. And so I'll, I'll jog. And, you know, it's, we're here in Tampa. It's hot. And so I'll go typically right at noon because I'm not going to get any phone calls. And so um, I'm jogging one day. And this is, I, I want to say this is May of, of 2020. And uh, as I'm jogging, I see this woman and she's an older woman and she's in nicer clothes. Now, middle of the day, May, Tampa, older woman, nicer clothes, walking down the middle of Lionball Avenue. That's a, that's a weird sight. Something's, something's off here. And I minored in Spanish in college. And as I see this woman ahead of me, the Lord, I, I hear crystal clear, the Holy Spirit says, that woman speaks Spanish. And I, I'm super spiritual, obviously, and I think, that's great, God, I'm jogging now. And I get up close to the woman, and sure enough, she starts speaking Spanish to me. And she says, where is the bus? And, and to be honest, I didn't know. Uh, but I knew there was no bus for miles in either direction. And this older woman, in the heat of the day, was struggling already. And I said, look, you know, and, and the word for Spanish, uh, for far in Spanish is lejos. And I'm like, look, lejos. You know, that's all I got. You know, it's that way. I, I think it's that way, but lejos. And she, you know, she's like, oh, okay, you know. And, I, and so anyway, so I keep running. And as I, as I get running, um, I hear the Lord say to me, you're supposed to give her a ride. And I'm thinking, man, are you kidding? Are you kidding, God? And I'm resisting, right? Because I've got to get back to work. I've got things going on. I'm trying to get this run and get back. So I, I, I do my lap. My, my run is down around 7-Eleven and back. So I get down around 7-Eleven and I'm, I'm running back. And, uh, and sure, of course, she's still out there. So I pass her on the way home. And the, the Lord says, you're not just supposed to get her to the bus station. You're supposed to give her a ride wherever she needs to go. So my mother-in-law was staying with me at that time. And I thought, look, this is going to be weird enough as it is. I'm going to just grab my mother-in-law and we're going to give this lady a ride. So I get home. I'm drenched in sweat. You know, I'm disgusting. I sure stink, you know, whatever. I get my mother-in-law. We go pick this lady up. Well, the long story short, this woman was going 20 miles from the house. She didn't have a single thing in her purse except a post-it note with an address on it. She had no money. She spoke no English. And, uh, and I had no idea what her plan was or what she was doing. Because, I look, I'm not like that fluent. Let's be honest, right? And she was Venezuelan. All she wanted to do was talk about Chavez. But what happened is she was a Christian. We established that. All I know is that God wanted me to give one of my big sisters a ride home. 
one of my big sisters was struggling. So he dispatched me, her little brother, to give her a ride. And that's all that matters, right? And you see, it's a small thing. It's not a small thing to God. It's a small thing to us. But how wonderful is that? How wonderful that you could bless somebody who really, really needs it. That you could be tuned in to the Spirit of God. That He could dispatch you to show His love, His concern for this person. You see, she might have been... I don't know how she got there. She said something about being at a doctor's office. So how she got there, who knows. But she probably had been thinking about, how am I going to get home from this doctor's office tomorrow? But she didn't need to think about that. She didn't even need to worry about that. She didn't even need to worry about right because the Lord had already set up a ride for her. But so my point is, when we're tuned in to the Spirit of God, when we're setting our minds on the things above, now we are open to what God wants to do in our life. And I heard Bill Winston say the other day, he said, look, God is going to bring you opportunities if you're opportunity-minded. That's a true in the business world, but it's also true in the spiritual world. God's going to use you in spiritual matters when you're spiritually-minded. That's why it's so important. So anyway, so let's let's keep going here. And just before, so so, but where we need to go is a complete devotion of our minds to the things of God. I mean, look, we here in this building understand there are all manner of different Christians out there, right? But but most of the people that come in this building, we want what God has for our lives more than we want anything else. That's all I want. I want that in every single area of my life. So what I must do is I must devote my mind to the things of God in every area of my life. Look, you do whatever you want. You think whatever you want. You say whatever you want. But I want everything that God has for me. And I'm not going to hold back one brain cell from God. I'm not going to hold back one area of my mind. I'm going to be spiritually minded for 100% of my mental capacity because I want 100% of what God has for my life. Right, see, this, this is how it works here. Okay, so, so I'm going to be spiritually minded. I'm going to be tuned into the Spirit of God. And okay, and now I'm, I'm spiritually opportunity minded. What's God want me to do? What's God want me to say? Where's God want me to go? What's the Spirit of God le- leading me to do? Okay, now I'm going to, but now as I'm, as I'm moving this way in my life, how do I see myself? This is a really a key, a key component here. This is 1 Peter 2 5. And you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. What's more, you are His holy priest. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Right? So, so just as an initial matter, this is how we're supposed to see ourselves. Many Christians, and look, I'm not hating on people. I'm just, we're just speaking the reality here. You, they haven't got over to seeing themselves as God's priest. That's what I am. Yes, 100%. Jesus is my high priest. He will always be my high priest. But I am a holy priest of God. That's how I see myself. That's how I live my life. That's how I regard myself when I wake up. When I am on the computer, when I am with my wife, with my children, with other people, I need to regard myself as a holy priest of God. His special possession. Why? So that I can declare boldly, boldly, without the slightest fear of someone coming back. But I saw you do this. I saw you do that. I saw this about you. I heard that about you. No, I need to boldly declare the praise of Him who called me out of darkness into His wonderful life. This is what Jesus did for me. Jesus wants to do it for you too. This is how Jesus healed me. He'll heal you too. This is how Jesus prospered me. He'll prosper you too. I'm a priest. I'm a holy man of God. Let me tell you what Jesus wants to do in your life. Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
Mark 16, 15 through 18. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that does not believe shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. These verses need to become fully integrated into your identification of self. This is how you must see yourself. Right? I am a priest of God. I am a repository for the power of God. The full measure of the wisdom and power of God that is available to humanity is in me right now. And I am a priest of God in the earth as an ambassador for Christ ready to declare the praise of Him. Declare what He wants to do for people. So this is how I see myself. As I'm becoming spiritually minded and as I'm tuning into the Spirit of God and I'm looking for what He wants me to do, I'm not broke, busted, and disgusted. I'm not barely saved. I'm not barely there. I'm not just getting by. I'm not any of that. No, I am a priest of the Most High God filled with the wisdom and power of God. What can I do for you? How can I show the love of God for you? Do you need prayer? Do you need some money? Do you need a word of wisdom? What do you need? Because I've got it right here for you. So as I'm going and looking for the plan of God in my life, how I see myself as the child of God, as the righteousness of God, as a repository for the power of God, is extremely important because I know that I, whatever opportunity the Spirit of God may bring my way, whatever, whatever He has for me, to, whatever He's freely given me, whatever He's prepared for me, whatever He wants me to do, I'm totally equipped. We are well able, right, to go up at once and take this land. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it's a business, it's a ministry, it's a healing miracle. If it's a wisdom or whatever it is, it's all inside of me and I'm ready to bring it out. And I think, you know, I think um, I think about this phrase, you know, you've probably heard this, you know, that phrase always on the clock. Right. So, so like, let's say for someone, let's say someone's like a salesman. Right. And, you know, you're you're at dinner with that person or you're just hanging out and they're constantly selling. Right, whatever it is, whatever they say, oh, you should get this new car. Have you seen that new car? And no matter what they are doing or where they are, they're constantly talking about that same thing. You'll say, you'll say that person's always on the clock. As ministers of the Most High God, we must be always on the clock. I'm always on the clock because the Spirit of God is going to bring me opportunities to do His will and to obtain what He's freely given me. At all times. And Joyce Meyer said a great thing that I'm glad I heard early on. She said, you need to have a personality that God can use at any moment. You need to be ready at any moment for God to use you to minister to somebody. And she said, look, if I'm being a jerk to the waitress, if I'm being a jerk at the store, then maybe God can't use me like he wants to use me. So I got to be I got to be right. But so so my point is. I'm always on the clock. I am always available to be used by God. And I'll give you two quick stories. I'm at, I'm at this meeting at my church the other day. I'm a, I'm a licensed minister at Grace Family Church. And so I'm, I'm, at, a, uh, I'm at this meeting about these meetings they're going to do next year. So, so I'm sitting with a few of the, the senior pastors and we're talking about these things. And um, this younger pastor who uh, comes in the room. Now, I don't believe I've ever spoken to this guy, not a single time in my life. And um, now I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's wonderful. Uh, clearly, people love him. He's a pastor there. And um, I've, I've only heard good things, but I've never spoken to him. It's a big church, lots of pastors. So he comes in the room and he sees me and he says, he says, oh, hi, Byron. And I'm thinking, how does he even know my name? Right. But see, he didn't realize it. But in that instant, he he. He'd reached out by the Holy Spirit. He didn't know it yet, right? But something was about to happen. So, hey, hey, good to see you. And he starts talking with the other pastors, and he starts talking about a medical problem that he has. And he begins saying things about his medical problem that I know don't line up with the Word of God. 
And what he says is, uh, now I don't, I don't mean that in any kind of critical sense. He just didn't know, just didn't know the word. And he said, you know, I've really been tr- praying and trying to understand what God's will is for this situation. <laughs> and I can, you know, I can feel it even as I talk about it. And the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit says, you bring him the word right now. You bring him the word right now. And I said, he knows, I know what the will of the Lord is. The, the Lord's will. <laughs> Is for you to get healed of that thing right now, and you know, and he had one. Oh, really? That's that. That's the Lord's will. You better believe it, brother. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. He bore your sicknesses. He carried your disease. Jesus restore your health and heal your wounds. I'll put none of the sicknesses on. You know, so we start hitting with the verse, and and it was interesting. I mean, see, the whole thing was set up because we were there talking about Grace's prayer and healing school and what that's going to look like next semester. So everybody in the room is the prayer, you know, primarily the people on the forefront of healing at Grace Family Church. So we surrounded him and praying, you know, and they're praying. And I told him my ankle testimony. And I looked, this is how you do it, because he was having an ankle problem. I look, it just so happens that, you know, you gotta believe that it's done. You believe we've we've laid hands on you. We've released the power of God into you now. But my point is you're always on the clock. Always ready to deliver the word. Always ready to lay hands. I mean, this is the most wonderful thing in reality. Anyway, it doesn't. I mean, ministering by the power and love of God to another person, I think, is the most wonderful experience a human can have. To to show and transmit the love of God to another person, I think, is the height of human existence. I really do. And and. Um, I think you have to maybe experience it a little bit to understand that, to, to understand, Amen. to really know the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, that what he's saying is, is I want to show my love to that person through you right now. So what's, what's going to happen in that instant is there's going to be a love bond between your spirit, God's spirit, and that person's spirit. There's going to be a love connection by the Spirit of God. It's a very, very powerful, wonderful reality. And let me just give you another example about always being on the clock. My wife and I recently started hanging out with this, this awesome couple. We don't know them super well, but, but they're, um, they're just really nice people. And they're very kind of well-established at our church. And, uh, and really, we're blessed to be able to hang out with them. So they invite us to the Bucks game. And, uh, and so we're in the, the Mercedes club at the Bucks game. You know, it's the free food it's it's great. I mean, we're having a great time, and um, I the the husband and I have similar business interests, and we're we're talking about business matters, and um, I and, and in that section, you know, you have a table, and then you also have a, a wait a waiter or a waitress, and and so we we had a woman who was serving us, and um, so I'm talking to the husband, and I look over to my left. And my wife and his wife were laying hands and praying for the waitress. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what conversation they had. But who cares? Because we are always on the clock. We are always ready. I mean, I really know. I'm sure what happened was she, in their conversation, revealed a, a medical problem or maybe a family situation. And they immediately responded in prayer. Right. But we are always on the clock. If you will develop that mindset, there are two things that are going to happen. If you will develop that mindset, the first thing is it it is going to begin governing the way you think and your behavior a little bit. Right. Because we're all tempted to get annoyed. We're all tempted to lash out. We're all tempted to say things we shouldn't. I'm not. Maybe you guys don't go through this like I do. I'm tempted to cuss somebody out on a daily basis. I mean, it's just, it's just my life. It's just my job. You know, I really am. And so, I mean, I, I got this email the other day, and the email said, you know, Byron, it is so rare that we work with a good attorney. You know, if it hadn't been for you, this deal wouldn't have closed. And I wanted to say, buddy, I was ready to cuss you out the whole time. You know? <laughs> I, I don't. You're absolutely right. It wouldn't have closed without me because I don't know what you were doing. That's, that's what I wanted to say to the guy, but I, I held back. You know, I said, "Yes, thanks. Happy New Year." You know, that's all. I, that's all I do. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> so we go through that, right? But but see, because I'm always on the clock, 
I need to govern myself a certain way so that if something happened and we're on the phone, because this actually has happened to me, we're on the phone and now all of a sudden he tells me that he's got to run because his kid's in the hospital. Or he's got to run because he's got to do this or he's got to do that or his, his parent or his in-law just died or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I've got to be ready instantly to deliver the word. Hey, let me just give you a verse real quick. Hey, let me, let me, before we get off the phone, let me pray right quick. In Jesus' name, by Jesus' stripes, I release the power of God. You know, whatever the word is, I've got to be ready. No matter where I am, no matter who it is, whether they're rich, whether they're poor, no matter what race they are, no matter what situation of life, it doesn't, none of that matters. It is every single person I encounter is an opportunity for God to show up and minister His love to them if I'm spiritually minded, if I'm opportunity minded, if I'm tuned in. If I'm not, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's just the way it is. I mean, because God's not going to force me to preach the Word. He's not going to force me to pray somebody. I mean, yes, sometimes things happen and it's crystal clear, right? God in His mercy and His grace is, come on, pray for that person. You, know, you can feel God hammering on your heart. But most of the time, it's not like that. You have to have your ears open to hear the needs of people, to hear what they're going on. And you gotta, you got to have a heart that's, that's open. Okay, God, God, I, I heard it. I heard it, God. What do I do? What, what do I do? What, what's the, what, is, what does your love want to do in this moment? Right? That's really the question, you know? And so, so I think I'm spiritually minded. I'm tuned in to the Spirit of God because I want everything He has for me, everything He wants me to have, everything He wants me to do. And I am seeing myself as a righteous priest of the Most High God, ready to minister the Word, ready to release the power of God, ready to lay hands on the sick, ready to cast out a demon. Whatever needs to happen, He that is in me is, is ready, ready, willing, and able to minister whatever needs to happen in that moment. And I'm ready. So here's the overarching point. When you will begin living and thinking this way, Constantly, your life will be constantly marked by the supernatural. You can have supernatural experiences every day. You can have supernatural experiences everywhere. Everywhere you go. If you go to the doctor's office, the grocery store, the gas station, it doesn't matter because God wants to move in all of those situations all the time because he wants to move in everybody's life on a regular basis. But, but he needs people, he needs his ministers, he needs his priests to be open, to be ready, to be on the clock. Right? This ain't a Sunday thing. This ain't a, you know, when I'm at Wednesday night Bible study thing. No, this is an every moment thing. And so when you will develop this mindset, you see, and see, what we're getting at here, and my three of my siblings are like, guys, if I could communicate this to you, there is no exciting life like the life available in the kingdom. There is no other. The, the, Kingdom of God and the life that God wants you to have in your relationship with Him in the kingdom is the most exciting existence that the universe has to offer. It will never, there's nothing better. There's nothing else out there. Your heart connection with God is the greatest treasure that the universe has to offer. And people that do not know God, they don't get that. And baby Christians, they don't really get it either. It takes time to truly let your heart bond with the heart of God till you really get to the point, oh my gosh, He is that wonderful. He is just as amazing as my nutty stepmother always <laughs> said He was. I get it now. I understand it now. He is. He is He's better than she taught me. He's better. He's better. He's so much better. He's so much better. Far beyond words could ever describe. He is. He is. And His love for me, it is, it is consuming. 
It is, this, is how, this is how I went from looking at the crazies to becoming a crazy, to becoming a fanatic. You know, it's funny, all, all I work for primarily, I mean, the vast majority of my work is for Orthodox Jews. And they know that their lawyer is a tongue-talking, fanatical Christian. And this is how I got there. It wasn't that I decided to join a religion or I decided to join a program or I just said one day, you know what, I'm going to be nutty like, like Dad and Gail are nutty. Or I'm going I'm to just go off the deep end, you know. I'm, that's really what I'm going to do with my life. No, it wasn't that at all. It's I got close to him. I got close to him. And when you get close to him, and this is true for every single person, when you get close to him, you realize he's just that awesome. He's just that wonderful. And so what happens is you begin to experience that love for yourself. And then and now you're, you're fundamentally you're getting addicted. It's, 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 it's like that. It's similar to that, right? Where all you want is him. He's your first thought when you wake up. He's your last thought when you go to sleep. That all you want is what he wants. And, and you have and you develop this heart connection. It gets better and better. And then and, and this is why people that get on fire for God very quickly want to start ministering. They very quickly want to start. Sometimes they're too young. Sometimes they're not ready. I know I was. I remember the first time I spoke up here. I marvel at how immature I was when I was 25 standing up here. Uh, but, but the reason for that is because you have experienced that love for yourself and you want others to experience it too. You want to share it with others. You've tasted how wonderful God's love is and now you want to see. So, so wrapping this all together, you see, God truly has a wonderful plan for our lives and it should be marked by the supernatural in every area. Every single area of your life should be marked by the influence of God. The, the love of God, the relationship you have with your children, the relationship you have with the spouse, the relationship you have with the people in the world around you. That love from God should mark every relationship you have. The wisdom of God should mark every area of your life. How you conduct yourself in your relationships, how your business is handled, how you are increasing in every area of your life. The wisdom of God should mark every area of your life. The power of God should mark every time that we need the power. We need some supernatural thing to happen, whether it's a healing miracle, a wisdom miracle, um, any other type of miracle that needs to happen, right? Business. I mean, look, look, the, the, our closer, I mean, we close many, many, this is big business, and our percentage of deals we close on time is crazy. I mean, it's like high 90s. It's very rare for us to miss a closing day. Multi-million dollar deals. And the reason, I mean, look, I work with very smart people, very sophisticated people, but it is my faith. It is my faith. And when a deal is not working right, I'll know, the Lord, if you're not praying over this deal the way you need to. Right. And so I'm using my faith. My, I mean, my, my business is 100 percent marked by the supernatural. My business is me, God and my computer. And, you know, and we're in this building where my law practice started just down the hall. I needed some free office space from dad. And I before I had any work, I would walk the hall back and forth. I've got more work than I know what to do with. In Jesus' name, I'm prospered. I'm blessed. I'm getting, you know, because the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich without any painful toil. That's what it says in Proverbs. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. I'm rich in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I know. Get the stones out, you know. Anyway, but so every aspect of your life can be marked by the supernatural. And that's really the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conclude with this thought. Let's see how far. We're just over an hour, so we're not doing too bad. The, the people think about the evolution of humanity and what's, what's going to happen, right? Are we going to put a microchip in our brain or something like that, right? Where are we going, right? The final evolution of humanity is a complete integration of your natural and spiritual realities, that there would be no distinction of any kind as you think about yourself 
between natural and spiritual. When we think about Jesus, right? Yes, he was in a physical body, but anything he encountered, he thought about it in a spiritual manner and he was ready with a spiritual solution. We need money, get the fish. The money's in the fish's mouth. You need a donkey, I've got a word of wisdom. There's a donkey right up there. You need to get healed, boom, I'll get you healed. Whatever you need, wine, boom, here's a miracle for wine. Whatever it is, I'm tapped in to the power of God. I'm tapped into the supernatural power of the universe for any wisdom I need, any power I need, anything I need. I completely identify with the Spirit of God in every aspect of my reality. So, so yeah, that's kind of extreme, but that's the way you want to go, where your mind is totally devoted to things above, totally devoted to the things of God, and I'm becoming truly spiritually minded. Not just part of my mind, but my whole mind is moving over where I think spirit first. I think spiritual reality first. So I'm becoming spiritually minded in every aspect of the way I think. And as I do that, now I'm truly tuned into the Spirit of God. And now that I'm tuned in, I'm always on the clock, God is going to begin revealing to me on a constant basis, on a daily basis, you know, every situation, this is what I have for you. This is what I have for you. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to go. Look at that person over there. I need you to minister that person. Look at that person limping. Just go, go, go pray, go pray. That's not the devil. That's not the flesh. That's the spirit of God, right? This person needs a word. This person needs that. Go here, go there. I'm totally tuned in now and I can hear that. And then what happens? I start seeing the supernatural everywhere. I start seeing the power of God everywhere. Every area of my life becomes marked by God. And sure, we all miss it here or there. So what? So what? You know, if you haven't, you haven't felt awkward as a Christian. I mean, you haven't done anything. You know, I mean, it's just part of the way. It's part of the deal. So you go out. You get tuned in. God tells you what to do. All of your life marked by the supernatural power of God. All of your life. That goes back to that. Be not conformed to this world so you may prove what is the good, pleasing, perfect will of God. That's how you see God's will start showing up in every area of your life. And look, and there's a lot to it. I agree. And that's why, you know, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Gales, the things they said about, you know, hard issues, seed time and harvest, um, uh, faith, right? These, these are core, core doctrines that we must integrate into the way we live, right? It was walk in love, sow and reap, use my faith. But it is the most wonderful existence that, that life has to offer. That is where it's at. All right, guys. Well, I love you. Uh, thank you so much. Why don't we just have a quick word of prayer? Father God, we glorify you. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for your spirit today, guiding us through your word, Lord. Father, Father, in 2022... We commit to being spiritually minded. Father, we ask for guidance by your spirit on our inputs. What should we get rid of? What should we add? If, if, as we go through life, we pray that your spirit would say yes, no, this, that on a regular basis. We pray that you would that you would that your spirit would impact our brains in every necessary way so that we would be truly spiritually minded. And Father, we set ourselves to tune in to You, Father. We're always on the clock. Lead us by Your Spirit to everything You want us to do, everything You want us to have, everywhere You want us to go. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name that You would help us to receive every one of those directions. And we thank You for all You have for our lives, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Amen.